everybody. Welcome to Musicology, the podcast that gets behind how music's made. I'm your host, K-Mac, where we'll dive inside how creativity happens and the tips, tricks, and secrets behind some artists that I'd like you to get to know better. So stay tuned as we unpack the suitcase of rock. Rock, rock. All right, guys, uh, K-Mac here, better known as Kevin McKee. Thanks for joining me on my musicology podcast. I'm really pleased and honored to have uh, with me members of Bay Rides, and it's Austin and Justin. So, guys, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, man, it's real. It's a real pleasure and an honor. Well, you guys are too kind, and uh, let, let's, before we get too far into this, let's give the listening audience a little bit of an idea of who you are and, and, and what you do in the band in particular. Alrighty, uh, I'll go first. I'm Austin, uh, Austin Morgan. Um, I play guitar and I sing, uh, and I do most of the most of the writing and a lot of the recording and producing uh, that we have going on in Bay Rides. Cool. And I'm Justin O'Connell. I'm uh, playing drums for Bay Rides. Uh, do some backup vocals and uh, just happy to have uh, you know the opportunity to work with uh, such a prolific songwriter. Um, so that we can uh, get some great original music out there. Yeah, and I have to say, you guys are one of my favorites. Uh, I really like the way you guys write and work yeah. songs. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I've last two times I've Thank seen you. you guys, you blew me away. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it, man. And Justin, you're too kind. That's that's yeah. kind of but I appreciate it. Absolutely, heartfelt. So, so, so just for the listening audience, uh, where are you guys based? Uh, are you? Uh, this is a kind of a regional podcast at this point, but I hope to make it bigger. But just in case people listen back in the future, uh, where are you guys from? Sure. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm born and raised in Newark. Uh, currently live in Pike Creek, so I guess a little bit more toward the the Wilmington side of things. But yeah, Delaware man through and through. Cool. Yeah, and and uh, I've now lived here. I guess it's going on about six and a half, seven years. And uh, but originally uh, came up out of Canton, Ohio area. Um, so had a lot of fun experiences with the uh, the music sound uh, twenty some years ago back there. But really uh, loving what the Newark wilmington uh, music scene uh is like in, in this area so many great uh bands and great people um really enjoy it cool well i have to ask you guys a couple of easy questions first before we dive into it but uh let, let's talk about what we're gonna what, what what album are we promoting today or what what new project austin and, and justin uh well i think what i'm hoping to talk about most is uh our newest record annika which we uh put out I mean, geez, was it last week, last Friday? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, really excited ah, about that. Really happy with how it how it turned out, and uh, and maybe a little bit about uh, we're actually already we've been working on another project as well, so we're hoping to get that out uh, later on this year as well. Sweet. So a couple layup questions. Uh, you know, the eight hundred pound girl in the room is we're all obviously in social social isolation. Easy for me to say. Um, what do you, what's your favorite cocktail, and what's your favorite? Go to takeout uh, if you're doing takeout during these times. All right, Justin, you go first. I got to Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I have been recreating the Ruby Relaxer uh, lately. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend and I enjoy it. Uh, if, if you've ever been to Ruby Tuesdays, they have a really good drink. Uh, it's kind of fruity, but uh, 
the way I make them, just enough punch. Uh, and cool. then for me, it's been uh, a lot. Of, we've actually been cooking more at home now uh, mm -hmm. than than usual. So that's been kind of fun, you know, uh, enchiladas, lasagna, all of that stuff. Maybe a little Domino's pizza mixed in, but uh, I'm not as much of a of a order out as a as a cooking in kind of guy, and it's been great. Okay, that's a fair answer. Uh, lately, my favorite is uh, whiskey and ginger ale. I've been drinking some uh, Elijah Craig. I don't know if you ever had that, but really good whiskey. Uh, and then nice. just a little bit of ginger ale, sweeten it up a little. Um, as far as takeout goes, uh, favorite is probably been Mediterranean. We went to this place, Olive Tree. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's on Route 4, but just absolutely amazing. Gyros, gyros. Uh, oh, you really know, gyro. With that, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really good lamb. Nice. I love that stuff. Uh, good to know there's another place out there doing that. That's cool. Yeah. So now that we got a little personality test in here and uh, people get to know who you are and what you like to eat and drink, let's uh, let's talk a little about music. And um, I want to go back before we talk about the record uh, or the, the newest projects and uh, get a sense for what got you guys into music to begin with. Is there an earliest memory of, you know, a, an older person or a record or something that kind of rang the bell for you and made you think, wow, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. Oh, well, when I decided to play music, um, geez, that would probably be, I mean, I, I had learned a bit of guitar as it was kind of handed to me as like, a, I mean, I was, I was in like kin kindergarten or something when I got my first guitar. So it was just kind of a thing I, I was doing was going to guitar lessons. When it really became mine was probably when I discovered Green Day. Um, American Idiot was one of the first guitar albums and I was like, I need to learn how to play this. And I actually could, oh, and cool. I could really rock out, you know. Nice, nice. For, I mean, for me, uh, I mean, while while I grew up in a, a, a family that that, and uh, I'll show my age a little bit here that you know we used to be in the the uh, wood sided uh, uh, you know family truckster on vacation, and we had a stack of eight tracks that we would you know listen to, and and it, it was really the foundation uh, you know for me as far as. Beatles, James Taylor, Billy Joel, Elton John, you know, all of this, this, uh, uh, stuff that, uh, but really if, if the question that you're asking, I think is pinpointed by when I went to my second cousin's house, uh, he and his, uh, I had two, uh, 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 second cousins that were in bands and, uh, one played keys and one played the drums and to watch my cousin play the drums uh was uh, i could have just sat in that basement all weekend long just watching him play and it was probably the biggest turning point in my life was to go wow that's what i want to do someday pretty that's cool awesome. and both you guys play at least one instrument is that correct oh uh, yeah um yeah so Austin, i play guitar sing i uh, i play synth i've been learning a little bit of piano um, I actually first met Justin playing bass. Yeah, uh, a great bass player. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, really mostly guitar and bass have been my main two. But learning synth, and that's something I've done with this latest record, is really get into synth and drum machine. And mm -hmm. um, I guess I've, I've become more proficient. I wouldn't say I'm a, you know, pro, but uh, do it. 
Yeah, yeah, and I uh, while I'm drumming with Bay Rides, uh, I, I certainly started on the drums uh, at a uh, at much earlier earlier age, and in, in that I was 15, 16 when I picked those up. I didn't actually pick up a guitar. Uh, mainly out of necessity. I had uh, plenty of folks that wanted to play uh, cover songs, but nobody wanted to delve into the originals. And uh, as a drummer and also a singer, um, I uh, couldn't find somebody to write music with me. So I had to bite the bullet and bought a $250 Aria guitar that uh, uh, I still have to this day and had to learn how to write music so that I could write my own songs. Uh, so uh, again, uh, necessity being the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you guys tripped into a, an interesting uh, topic that I'd like to cover next. Uh, you know, the creative process is one that works different for almost everybody I've talked to, but you know, I've seen a couple of archetypes, but uh, how, how does the creative process work for you guys since you're multi-instrumentalists and, and when you work together in Bay Rides, how does that all work? So um, my creative process is kind of all over the place. Uh, it uh, it kind of depends on the project I'm working on. Like uh, my creative process for Annika has been different than anything else that I've done in the past. And I've done that a few times now where everything is just different. And I, I think it really helps me be, be creative. So for this particular album, I um, I really started with uh, with loops. You know, I have this um, this count to five looper, and uh, what it'll do is you can feed it up to eight seconds of audio, and it'll play it back on three different tape heads at the same time. Um, this might be getting a little technical, but the cool thing is that that's cool. It'll quantize the speed of the tape heads so that you can uh, you can tune them and you can tune them to different scales. Um, hmm. so you find a scale that's pleasing to the ear and you play the same sample back, you know, I usually do one forward tune down one forward right about, um, right about where, where it was originally played. And then I do a reverse, um, that is somewhere around usually a little bit higher than where it's originally played. And I just kind of started with that and I would just listen to it for a while and kind of pick up the synth and, you know, see where I could go and then add drums, you know, it, Using uh, using a drum sequencer, <clears throat> right? And and uh, and and this uh, you know is probably one of the uh, interesting aspects about our collaboration. While uh, it's different, as as Austin mentioned over time, the number one way that we work as Bay Rides um, is that we do really do rely on um, you know Austin to come up with the bulk of the of the music the writing uh and even he even comes in with the drum tracks now he's very uh open and um uh, and and inviting for me to do what i want to but the coolest thing about him bringing in uh a drum track um already on there is it forces me out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. It forces me to learn uh, uh, beats that I have never even imagined before. And sometimes I can recreate them exactly the way that he wants to. But every now and then I say, well, this is my uh, approach to it. And he's you know, very welcoming with the idea of saying, well, hey, it sounds really good to me, too. So let's do it that way. And so um, it is very much. 
a small part of the collaboration, but with Austin really being the, the, the spearhead for it. And I've expanded my drum vocabulary so much uh, just through that. It's been great. And just for a little bit of context uh, the drum tracks he's talking about, I don't actually have a set. I, uh, I couldn't, uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't where I'm living have a set. So I, what I, what I do is I, um, I have a set of, uh, it's like vintage Gretsch samples recorded at Abbey road. And I sequence, I just sequence them using MIDI um, yep. just to kind of sketch the idea. And then Justin is really brings life to him. I think he's selling himself a little bit short there. I rely <laughs> on him to really breathe life into this weird robot drum beat that I, uh, that I have thrown together. Right. Well, well, I imagine there's probably like a process that happened before COVID and a process that's kind of happened that's been necessitated by, you know, having to work more remotely. Is is that is that the case as well? Yeah, I mean, um, I would say for most of my relationship with Justin, I have been bringing, bringing MIDI drums to him. Um, but we have, uh, with the Lewis project we've been working on, I've brought more songs to him and just kind of started playing and really kind of let him or forced him in some ways uh, to, to just feel it out. And I think we've, we've had some really great ideas born that way. And I'm excited to continue that when mm-hmm. we're able to get back together. Exactly. Exactly. It is nice that we, we have, you know, tried, tried so many approaches and, and uh, you know, just like with anything, especially when you're dealing with original music, sometimes you got to work on a lot of stuff to really find the gems in there. Uh, but you know, um, it's, it's great when he brings me a track that I just, you know, fall in love with right off the bat and we go with it, mm-hmm. but there's other ones that you have to, you know, uh, work it out and, and bend it and flex it and get it to where you want to go. And, um, you know, we, uh, will continue to take those approaches, but Hey, if he wants to write a great song and bring it and I just play the drums for it, well, hell, I'll, I'll do that too. <laughs> cool. So, so just to be clear, there's the new uh, record, Annika, and then you mentioned just uh, a second piece there, if I heard you correctly. That's right, yeah. So we're uh, it's actually kind of all jumbled together uh, as far as when when the projects have started. But there is there is another project that we have done most of the writing for. Um, we just need to we need to flesh it out together and get get mm-hmm. recording, uh, and that's going to be more of a more of a guitar based. Um, rock and roll psych rock uh deal i'm excited mm-hmm. yeah that. more similar to what we've done in the past i guess than anaka probably yeah maybe maybe a refractions but maybe uh even this one might even have a little bit more uh, uh back and forth um compared to uh you know anaka with being more of a, a more of a, a a solo project of of austin's that gets a little more experimental uh, where, uh, you know, I can just chime in on those. Mm-hmm. So, so Austin, that, that's, you know, one of the things I I've liked most about your live performances and your songs is you're, you're very, uh, meticulous about your tone and how you bring effects in and out of different sections of songs. And, you know, it's okay to get technical here. There's some people who want to know how that, how the sausage gets made, so to speak. And, uh, you know, it sounds like this this solo project was more of a synth and loop based project, but was it also guitar too, or was it? It, it seems like it's separate to, in a way. Um, you know, yeah, I, I would say in a way it is because it was just so different. You know, my 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 writing process um, traditionally begins with guitar, and uh, with this it did not. You know, I think every song was either started using the count to five, which I do play the. I do 
but um, that, that pedal really breathes, it just breathes new life and it affects the sound in ways you don't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost want to list it as a contributing <laughs> writer because <laughs> it just, yeah, it, it really, uh, it really is inspiring to me. Um, that or the, uh, the synthesizer began a few and so did, uh, I have an OPZ, it's a teenage engineering. It's actually a portable synthesizer, sequencer, drum machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really instrumental in adding some of the fun little polyrhythm stuff going on. Very cool. Yeah. I'm a big fan of a band called Foles from England and they, uh, they use a lot of looper pedals and synths to get things happening. And it, it's, uh, it's inspiring to hear, uh, how people approach that. So thanks for sharing your, uh, your process there. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I appreciate having a place to talk about it. So thank you. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about some more musical influences today. I heard Green Day for you in, as a start and, you know, uh, Justin mentioned uh, quite a few, uh, bands that are also on my influence list as well as Green Day. Um, is there anybody today that's like moving you guys, uh, in a certain direction or, or motivating you? Uh, not that you want to sound like them or copy them, but who's inspiring you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, tons and tons. And, you know, I, I guess I should clarify, um, Green Day is really what got me picking up the guitar. Right. Um, growing up, I, I heard, you know, Beatles since I was born. My sister's middle name is Michelle. It's just <laughs> inescapable. Uh, and it uh, really instilled a love for music. Um, the Beatles are still a huge and one of probably the biggest influence on me today. Um, I love how there's so many different generations and albums. You know, every, every time I, I go try something I haven't listened to in a while album-wise, I just discover something new. I love that about them. Uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard is a really huge influence. Um, I just, I, they're another band though, that every album they're doing something a little bit different and they're exploring all kinds, all kinds of things at once. I just love them. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, Kevin, but, uh, uh I am. they deserve, oh, good. Um, yeah, they are, they are really great. And Queens of the Stone Age has been one for a long time as well. Um, Sometimes I wonder if you can hear that in our music or not, <laughs> but uh, they do really influence the way I write songs and mm-hmm. and lyrics and stuff. Uh, the that's, king that's is dead. That's about it yeah. for me right now. Yeah, the king is dead. Josh yeah. is uh, J- Josh and his revolving cast of uh, Rancho de la Luna people are amazing. I love that band. It is oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, and uh, you know I mentioned some of the you know uh, foundation music for me uh, earlier, but certainly as I uh, you know, uh, trotted on to, uh, into the music, uh, myself and, and, uh, you know, I don't, another more of a foundation, but not from my parents, uh, you know, getting into the Pink Floyd and getting in, uh, to Led Zeppelin and, uh, and sure you had all of the, uh, you know, um, uh, glam rock influences of, uh, Motley Cruz and the Def Leppards. But these days for me, um, I, I am, I'm all over the board. Uh, but one of my most, uh, you know, modern influences as far as sitting down with a guitar and writing a song is going to be more along the lines of Ryan Adams. Uh, that guy is just an absolutely amazing singer songwriter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be, you know, uh, uh, you know, some of his old, uh, you know, more rock and roll, which a rock and roll album, uh, and then getting into more of his dead, uh, uh, you know, influences. 
But then these days where I find myself really um, uh, in amazement is anything that comes out of whether it be tool. Uh, Pucifer is probably my uh, uh, one of my favorite things to listen to right now because it's a little bit more mel- melodic, a little more symphonic. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, so just anything that uh, Maynard James Keenan comes out with seems to be just astonishing. So that one is something I find myself looking up on a regular basis. But I also um, built uh, cut my teeth as far as as a lead singer uh, in Canton, Ohio in the, you know, 2000s doing uh, grunge cover music, mostly of Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, just absolutely still to this day love that stuff. Hard to argue with all those, uh, a lot of great, mm-hmm. great bands. Love it. Oh, uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Frankie and the Witch Fingers. Really cool <laughs> psych rock band. I forgot to mention them, but uh, they're a little smaller. Uh, look them up if you're interested. I'm writing that one down. Uh, yeah, yeah, Frankie and the Witch Fingers, man. So I have good. to say, so Austin, good. you uh, you 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 got me a new one there. So thanks for turning yeah. me on to something to cool, check out. Cool. Yeah, I've yeah. listened to them pretty nonstop lately. Great. Um, so so let's talk a little bit about some. Uh, how how do how do how do you write songs? Do, like do you do you? I've I've let me let me set this up this way. I've I've talked to a number of people on the the podcast I've done so far, and I, I tend to hear some people who are very cinematic, who picture scenes and write stories about things, and then I've talked to people who get inspired by loops or guitar riffs or drum riffs or whatever, and then the music comes first and the words come second. We kind of touched on it a little bit before, but is it? Does it happen all those way for you or a different way or? I have done all of those from time to time. Uh, most consistent music comes first. Um, and uh, yeah, it's born all kinds of different ways. But yeah, the music usually comes first. And uh, I, I always find myself drifting toward introspection. Um, and, you know, that's both musically and lyrically. I just kind of, I just want to, you know, express. And so it's, it's, it's usually it's usually born that way. I have tried telling stories because a lot of my favorite bands do that, but it just doesn't resonate with me quite as well as uh, mm-hmm. as talking about you know how I'm feeling and what's what's going on in my life and in my head. In Austin, because you uh, do come from such a uh, uh, instrumental sound in what you do, I can understand why it develops from there. Whereas for me, because I was a drummer was a singer, uh, lead singer in a grunge cover band and didn't have anybody to write with me, it forced me to write words first. So I had these, you know, a book of songs that I needed music for. And I think that that just forced me in that direction where the first thing that I tend to do is I get a theme in my head or if something happens that is important to me that I'm reflecting on or to a friend uh, that I want to help them process something, then I tend to write down probably two or three pages of just notes on a theme, just breaking down things that are associated with those themes, um, all lyric, all words. And then I take those three pages and then I force, you know, edit and come up with actual some structure of words and then for me the music 
um, you know, writing guitar with those is what usually is then the last portion of it. Now it hasn't been that way every time. I certainly have had those moments where I've woken up uh, in the morning with something in my head and, you know, in 20 minutes later I had something which ended up being one of the better songs in my life. Uh, but definitely a different approach in terms of trying to maybe actually craft thoughts and then adding music to it. Cool. Cool. So two very, uh, distinct approaches, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, not unusual to hear different people motivated in different ways to get to the, the mm-hmm. final product. But, you know, it's interesting that, uh, I like to go back and say, you know, we, we kind of talked about who influenced you from a big star perspective, but were there any musicians or people that once you got involved in playing in bands either gave you advice or you learned a lot about how to play the instruments that you play better or the craft of being a live band or songwriting? Is there anybody that influenced you in that way? Wow. Geez. I mean, probably, probably a bunch on all different levels, you know, um, as far as like, you know, concerts that I went to and, you know, I saw them and I was like, that's just how it's done. It was bands like, uh, you know, green day, uh, my chemical romance was a huge one back in the day. Their live show just blew me away. Um, and then, uh, on a more local level, there were a lot of like local bands that I was able to see, through uh just through the community you know uh you actually had kirby moron he was he was a big influence on me when i was 12 or 13 you know my uh my family's been friends with the moors for quite some time um and i uh saw him play with i think it was landing lane um was the band he was in he had this white les paul and i was like that i didn't have a les paul at that point that that is part of the reason that i got the les paul bug um (laughs) so i thought that was kind of cool to connect uh yeah absolutely very cool. Yeah. Um, boy, there, there's so many thoughts I have about this, uh, and to be brief, but, um, on the, on the major level, as far as uh, a difference maker for me, um, somebody that I'd always liked somebody that I always thought had cool music, but until I saw Tom Petty in concert, mm-hmm. I'd never understood like even thought about um, how important the connection between that singer and 20,000 people out on a lawn. Um, and this would be in you know, the Cleveland area um, seeing him and just his connection with the audience to me was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And it's why to this day when I've seen, you know, uh, the U2s and the Pink Floyds and, you know, all of the big bands with their massive productions that I still go back to thinking that one of the best concerts or several concerts that I've been to was Tom Petty because of his connection with the audience. Yeah. And I think he had a magic band, uh, Stan Lynch, I think it was in drums originally. And then, uh, Mike Campbell's one of my favorite guitar players. Mike Campbell is amazing, yeah. you know, and, and like, uh, just to give you an example of something, uh, that, ever connected with me is uh uh at blossom music center in cleveland and, and tom petty's on stage and uh and he's and he's uh you know the whole night's rocking and and but he wants to introduce the guys and so he says uh you know he's introducing the keyboard player and he goes he goes and i want to introduce you uh mr boogie woogie brains <laughs> everybody in the audience say 
hello, Mr. Boogie Woogie Brains. And the whole audience is saying, hello, Mr. Boogie Woogie Brains. <laughs> and, um, it, and it's a moment like that that you're like, this guy is controlling 20,000 people mm-hmm. right now. And he's got us laughing and enjoying the music. And wow, what a connection. And it's easier than saying Benchmont Trench or whatever the guy's name was, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's a cool story. I I like those kind of live show things that inspire people, whether it's local or uh, on the national scene. But that absolutely. And then if if you want uh, one quick uh, um, local scene uh, uh, comment for you is is growing up in Canton, we we. Uh, are certainly not known as the Seattle uh, uh, music uh, influence, but we did have some cool people that came out of there. Uh, uh, you know, one of them being you know Marilyn Manson, uh, and a, another one um, is uh, a guy that basically you know uh, took over uh, for Rob Halford uh, and ended up singing with. Uh, Judas Priest as their lead mm-hmm. singer for a while, and uh, he, and the amazing thing was is when we would we would play this one uh, venue on on Tuesday nights, um, and in would walk uh, Tim the Ripper Owens while we were up on stage playing, and uh, you know you you couldn't help but you know see him walk in the room and everybody surrounding him, and he would always be the most gracious individual mm-hmm. and another just quick side note is that okay so one day you know we took a we you know we're playing a three uh uh, uh set uh, um and uh between uh first and second set i'm gonna say hey tim really great to see you here watching our band thank you so much you know do you want to do anything here's our list and i've got on the list um uh allison chains we've got stone temple pilots we've got you know all this stuff where he could really show off his amazing ability to that uh you know show off his voice hmm. and he goes i'm gonna do uh pearl jam uh elderly woman in a counter behind a small town and i was like wow okay you know show off the soft side and so he says i seem to recognize your face <laughs> so he did the metal voice on top of Eddie Vedder. That's awesome. Yeah. And the place fell out. It was great. It I guess was great. I guess that would make him a dissident of sorts. Yeah. So fun, man. So there was, that was definitely an experience for me to just say, here's a guy, mm-hmm. big time, you know, because mm-hmm. at that time he was actually working with Judas Priest, but still just a simple dude hanging out at his local, you know, uh, heavy metal bar. It was really cool. That is a great story. Uh, so uh, I wanted to dive into uh, this latest uh, project you just put out, Austin. Do you want to talk about uh, any or all the songs a little bit, or give people I'd a little, love to, yeah, give people a little taste of what's uh, what they can look forward to hearing if they get at it? And we'll at the end of the podcast, we'll give people a shout out to uh, how they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great, man. I'd love to do that. Well, cool. Uh, do you want to start off with track by track or a couple highlights or what's, what would make Let's sense? Let's go track by track. That sounds good. Each of them's got its own, its own little thing. Okay, cool. Let's talk about each song on the, uh, on the, the project. Go ahead and let's talk about the first one. Um, so the, the first one is, of course, the title track. And uh, this one, it was made very early on. Um, and it was another 
it was it was like one of the first loops that I made that I just I just fell in love with. You know, I uh, I fed like three or four notes into the count to five, and uh, you let go. You hold down while you record, and you let go of the button, and it just uh, it just wowed me. And it, um, I wanted to capture it, and I kind of realized that like as soon as I pull the plug on my pedal board, it's gone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, I can I can record it, but having it there and being able to manipulate it and like it it just it's it's going to be gone. And um, Annika is actually a uh, a principle in Buddhism for impermanence. And mm-hmm. the fact, you know what I mean, it's a, a big aspect of Buddhism is accepting, you know, that that everything is impermanent. And it kind of struck me that, like, you know, I, I don't I don't need to keep this forever, but, you know, I can still take a little piece of it, you know, and keep it with me. And I had a handheld recorder and uh, uh, my uh, basement where I record, there's a door and the door is open. I don't, uh, you know, if you listen hard, you can hear like birds outside and everything. Cause my, you know, it's, it, there's nothing pro about that recording. It was just a handheld recorder, uh, in, in my room. And it really struck me that it's like, uh, you know, the, these little moments like that are here and then gone. Mm-hmm. Try to capture like a little bit of that. Um, and it's also kind of welcoming, you know, that's why I put it at the beginning of the record. I feel like it kind of just welcomes you and gives you an idea of, uh, of what you're going to experience. Very cool. I like how you uh, wove the metaphysics or of, of Buddhism in through the uh, the actual literal nature of the the track, and then the the spiritual nature of it, as it were. It just seemed too perfect when I learned about Anaka. I was in a, I'm in a, I'm finishing my bachelor's in uh, computer science, and I had to take a religion class, and mm-hmm. uh, it was I was halfway through writing this, and it just occurred to me that it was the perfect like impermanence. You know what I mean? That's what this. I feel like that's just what the whole record is about. Mm-hmm. So the title track uh, sets the tone in that way. And then uh, are there any other facts you'd like people in the audience to know about uh, the title, tr- that title track? I think, I think that, yeah. So the title track is, uh, it's just, it's really, like I said, warm um, with the, I guess the main thing would be, I already mentioned it, the handheld. Um, I thought that gave it a really interesting flavor, um, almost lo-fi in a way. And the fact mm-hmm. that you can hear the birds outside mm-hmm. just really captured a, a, a whole moment, you know, not just the guitar. Yeah, very cool. Shall we move to the, the next track on the record? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so teeth is, is the next track and it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, I love it, it was, yeah, that, this was the, probably the second one that I really fleshed out to a track and it's actually, uh, mostly synthesizer. The guitar is pretty much accented up until the end of the song. Um, and it again, I, you know, I fed that, that count to five with my synth and I made, I made two loops and I recorded the two loops initially mm-hmm. and I just, I started, uh, you know, cutting samples in Ableton is what I used. And so I was cutting samples of the waves and just moving them around and trying to figure out what fit. And so I ended up with that like bleepy bloopy beginning and mm-hmm. then it mellows out on the chorus to almost this like pad synth sound where they're just like kind of tripping over each other, but there's a lot of reverb. And, um, I feel like that really just, made the song for me right there you know the verses are a little more bouncy but the choruses are a little more you know laid back and you kind of relax a minute uh and then it builds up to the end where i kind of go into something that's more traditional in my songwriting which is to bring in some loud guitars mm-hmm. and uh it really feels like a, a great marriage of um you know this new experience i had with anaka and um, a lot of my previous experience is writing music and playing music. Uh, I really think it's cool the way they're able to come together in this kind of poppy, kind of psych, kind of rock song. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, uh, you know, the lyric of, 
you know, I've been breaking down, find me another way out. It's just uh, a real, it felt very fitting and simple, but something that I know I can relate to and something I felt other people might be able to as well. Yeah, cool. And I might be all wet here, but, it, it, you know, hearing your influence of the Beatles, um, they used the studio as an instrument and it seems in a way maybe mm-hmm. you've used this looping and Ableton as a a new way to access the studio as an instrument. Is is that a fair observation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I uh, I didn't think at all about live performance with this. I just wanted to create something. And so I didn't bother as much with limitations I would have normally. Um, and, and I really and so kind of explored the studio as a writing tool. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a whole departure from refractions where we're in an old uh, lumber mill uh, on the 1st of January, uh, you know, recording and getting amazing sound with, you know, analog equipment compared yeah. to, you know, this departure that, that, uh, Austin's taken mm-hmm. and with awesome results and who counts to five, by the way, what are you just messing <laughs> with your drummer? <laughs> math rock, math rock, math rock. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I guess I should probably, I probably should mention Radiohead was a big influence on this one as well. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Timing, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Especially after they put their guitars down, quote, unquote, uh, because I'm a big Ben's and OK Computer fan, and then they kind of went off in left field uh, a bit, which Mm -hmm. I think is what you're referring to, the Kid A Amnesiac, that, that, that era, and further downhill the thief yeah i mean all the way up to a mutant shape pool their latest um mm-hmm. you know i uh i've really in the last few years been able to embrace those later albums and the synthesizers and mm-hmm. um kind of zoom out from where you know i'm usually really focused on guitars listening to music it's just my passion and uh so i kind of wanted to follow that thread in my own music and try mm-hmm. to not be so fixated on on the guitar I'm, I'm I'm guilty as well, and I was just listening to Ed O'Brien's solo record uh, today, which it's pretty is pretty darn good. I like it. Yeah, very interesting stuff, and I it 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 kind of took the best of all those worlds in some respects. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So let's play some of that second track, Teeth. So uh, the next track on the album, what's it called? And uh, what would you like people to know about that one? So that's Undertaking uh, is next. And uh, this one was born on that OPZ I was I was telling you about. And uh, it started with the drum beat. And uh, the OPZ is a, it's like a drum sequencer, but it allows you to sample as well. Hmm. So what I had done when I, uh, when I made this song was I was, uh, geez, I think I was, I think I was in uh, West Virginia. I was in, yeah, I was in West Virginia on vacation uh, hmm. with my wife. And uh, I had the OPZ with me because it's a small little portable battery powered thing. Um, and I kind of wanted to make this like kind of jungle sounding drum beat. I forget what song I had heard that had like this real jungly, foresty sound. And so I, uh, I turned on the mic on the OPZ and I just made a bunch of noises with my mouth, little like whistles and like clicks and mm-hmm. pops. And so. What I did then is I created the drum beat, uh, and then I added these samples in and out with a little bit of delay to just kind of like jump in and um, 
I pan them pretty hard so that they're just popping in and out at you and kind of given this feel of like a lot going on. And like I said, kind of like a rainforest almost. And so I started with that, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, from there it just kind of grew into this almost, um, it's just like a train that keeps slowly moving along, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, I really liked that. The chorus, I throw in some Ebo and I think it gives this really, again, it just follows this like slowly moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think it, it, it fit well with the lyrics that I had in mind for it. You know, the, the something's breaking and, you know, I'm still waiting for you. Um, it's an undertaking, but I won't, you know, I won't tell you the truth. And it's just kind of like this slow creeping, almost like separation between two people when, you know, almost like when somebody asks how you are and mm-hmm. you don't really want to tell them because it's like a, I don't know, it's just a long story to say how you're doing that day. And so it's almost like the passing of that moment, just long and slow. And like, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you, I'm just gonna say I'm fine. Almost another, um, deep introspective view of the world, not so much Buddhist, but, uh, you, you want to tell people more, but you're afraid to, uh, cross mm-hmm. that line where you've given them too much information as the quote goes. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Nice. Hey, so, uh, I have to ask you a question. Hyper segue here. I, uh, I was born in Morgantown, West Virginia. Were you in Canaan Valley or Harper's Ferry or where were you in West Virginia? Oh, oh yeah. So we were in, uh, geez, give me just a second. We were, yeah, Harper's Ferry. I thought so because of the trains and, uh, someday, someday off mic, I'll tell you a story about my, uh, I almost died in Harper, Harper's Ferry, which was amusing. So many people. Uh, I want to hear that story. We have to hear that for one, another yeah. day. Yeah, not, not, not on the air because my mom will kill me. But anyway, yeah, so uh, me, me saying that I skied in uh, Canaan Valley means nothing now. I just want to hear this uh, other story. <laughs> all right, it's a, it's a tail end. We'll go there, maybe. All right. All right. Well, thanks for your indulging me on that uh, West Virginia story. My, my dad was a university <laughs> professor, so I moved around a lot, but I was. I was born, nice. there, born there and lived there a bit. So, okay, cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the next track on the record if you uh, would like to move to that one. Yeah, Sensory. Um, Sensory is a, is a really cool track, and it's really, you know, almost before I got too far into the writing process, um, it was it was kind of born out of the idea of um, being hypersensitive, you know, and um, – that is something that I experience on a fairly regular basis. I just, uh, you know, I, I get into this place where too much, too much sensory input is overwhelming, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of need some quiet time. And so this is kind of about feeling that way and about, you know, too much, too much coming at you at once. Uh, and it also, um, I, I knew I kind of wanted, I liked building to the crescendo in teeth and I kind of felt like, there was more, there was more to that and that could be done in a different way. And that kind of is where sensory comes in, you know, building to that, um, really loud guitar ending. Um, Mm -hmm. it's also probably the most far out track I've ever done near the beginning, halfway through the first verse. Um, I just kind of completely, I cut everything and jumped to a, uh, when I jumped to a completely different loop, and it's almost, I kind of wanted you to feel like you were building up to something and then all of a sudden it was like, like pop and you were in a whole different place and you weren't where you thought you were going to be. And then mm-hmm. like, you know, from that kind of weird spacey loop moment, um, I reversed 
the drums and I reversed the guitar to bring you back to where you started basically. And I really liked capturing mm. that, that little journey, you know, it all happens in, I don't know, probably 20 seconds or something like that. Um, I just, I thought that was really neat and it was something I wanted to explore. Yeah. It's a super creative approach. I mean, for those who are listening that maybe aren't as, um, recording studio savvy as you, you, you're actually talking about taking something recorded forwards and, uh, flipping it backwards in that case. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also very beat. And, uh, yeah, I mean, once I, once I, once I cut everything and switched to this completely different loop, I had to have a way back and I thought maybe Mm. that was a good way for it to creep up behind you. And then all of a sudden you land back in the verse. Yeah, super creative. I love it. I love hearing oh, how people uh, attack things like that and uh, w- what's going on behind. So I, I want to go back and listen to the uh, the record again now that we've had recording, I should say. Uh, I just dated myself. I almost said 8-track. Hey, I'm a big vinyl guy. I, have a, yeah. oh, I see go. vinyl all the time. I, uh, nice. I see vinyl. <laughs> it's like that uh, that movie Bruce Willis is in. I see dead people. Yeah. Yeah, I, see vinyl. I see vinyl. I see artists in vinyl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's play a piece of that fourth track, Sensory. Okay, so that was Sensory. Uh, let's talk about the next song, if you'd like. What's next? I guess Far is next. And um, Okay. Far came out of this, uh, I mean, the, the initial guitar and verse to Far was something I wrote probably a year or two ago. Um, and uh, it really stems from this idea that, like, and this is in the chorus, is... Uh, you know, I, I've been far from hell, but I can tell you that it's never far enough that hell can't find me. And it's just about this feeling that, you know, when things are going the very best, like in the back of my mind, I know that I'm going to be back in the dark place later on. And that's that's just really, that's been really tough for me. And it's something I've been able to overcome. You know, this is more of a retrospect. Um, but yeah, that was it was just something I wanted to capture. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second verse is more of a, of a resolution from that. You know, and it's, uh, it kind of talks a little bit about my wife and how, uh, you know, I've been, and that it's, uh, it's just so comforting, you know, having her there and it's, it's never close enough that I can hold her. Like I always want to hold her a little closer and that, hmm. um, I, I felt like it was good to resolve it because I had that pretty dark piece of music that I didn't know what to do with. <laughs> and it was nice to be able to come back at it a few years later and resolve it, you know, in, mm. in, in love. Two, two, nice. Yeah, indeed. Nice. And, uh, two, two very common, I think, human experiences that many of us can, you know, are probably listening to you talk and saying, wow, I can really relate to both of those pieces. And, uh, I like the way you strung it together and, and you, um, you know, the resolution idea is pretty powerful. It is. And especially because we've all had that one little lick or that, that's that, that, um, 
you know, piece that we've kind of just always had hanging in the back of our mind and we, we want to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to be able to finally say, okay, this is where it fits in my life. It just, I had to wait for it. Um, that's great. Yeah. And I think, uh, it's, it's fascinating to me. I read a lot of biographies and watch a lot of, uh, video representation of the, all, all kinds of famous and not so famous artists making music. And it's, it's fascinating to me to, to see how they keep track of catalogs of stuff and how it evolves right. over time. And eventually something you just keep in your back pocket, like that turns into one of your, uh, your latest gems. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, I love revisiting stuff that way and being able to like add a flavor that just wasn't even there at the mm-hmm. time I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Very cool. Uh, and I love that you gave a shout out to your wife, uh, yeah. Shout out all, to, to all the beautiful ladies and uh, partners who uh, put up with musicians who uh, play a lot of weekends and record a lot of weekends and write a lot and make racket and all that. So without them, oh, God yeah. bless them, oh, yeah. we'd all be dead. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I guess that brings us on to when will we know? And I got to confess, I'm really excited to have a forum with which to discuss this song because uh, Good. I just think it's really cool. I just. Uh, so when we know is an instrumental track, um, and it is uh, mostly it's guitar, synth, and electronic drums. Uh, but there's this there's a lead, uh, and the really cool thing about the lead is I wanted to I wanted to, I recorded the lead, and then I was like, well, I want it to be in reverse. I think that would sound really cool. And so I flipped it in reverse, and I was like, well, I don't really like I don't really like the notes in this order. I want it to be in reverse, but the melody the other way. Mm-hmm. So I flipped it in reverse, and it's a guitar harmony, so it's two it's two part guitar harmony. And I learned both parts in reverse, and then I recorded them in reverse, and I reversed that. <laughs> and so I got the notes in the order I wanted, and played in reverse. And it took me all day, and <laughs> I think it turned out so cool. But uh, yeah, it it just started as an experiment. And when I got to the end product, I was like, this is this is neat. Like this is a cool thing I did. Man, wow. that that's pretty deep. Uh, even Stephen Hawking's and uh, Einstein just went scratched their head a little bit on that concept there. That was, that was deep, man. You're doing the quantum oh, quantum, wow, phys- yeah. quantum physics of rock here, right? Great. So uh, let's play a little bit of when will we know. Let's, let's talk about the next track, if you want. Oh, yeah. So um, next we have Fade. Uh, and this the interesting thing about this song is that uh, I have this old acoustic guitar pickup that a friend of mine let me borrow his dad's acoustic guitar pickup like 10 years ago. And he just never got it back. And so I've asked him if I should give it back. And it's just been this whole, oh, my dad will ask for it. So now I just have it. And I, uh, I have this Seagull acoustic guitar. And I thought it'd be really cool to take the more organic sound of an acoustic guitar and then run it through the count to five, which is just not organic at all, you know? Uh, and that's really where this song came from was deciding like, let's just put those two together and see what we find. Um, and it came out to be really dark, which is not that surprising considering, you know, it's a, it's like a clip in mic, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the dark, the dark sound of the guitar kind of fed into the, you know, the darker, the darker lyrics and just the, overall experience of the song um 
and it does resolve to a degree, but you know, it, it really was a song completely born out of let's just take these elements and put them together and see how it fits and how it feels. Yeah, and I have to give a shout out to Seagull. Those guitars are really so well made, and they're just so good sounding. For the nice. price, I, yeah, I can't argue at all. It's it's the best acoustic I've had. Mm-hmm. And also a classic situation where Austin tries to, I mean, uh, if you've ever uh, seen Austin's pedal boards, uh, you know, that alone, you, you're like, what is going on here? But it just is a... Uh, a, a snapshot of the way that this uh, you're, you're a bit of a hard a hardware uh, freak or pedal freak and but you always know what these things are doing <laughs> and uh, have an amazing so ability to yeah exactly to, to tweak these things and find something unique about each uh, you know a piece of equipment that, that and, and give it a, uh, a spotlight I think it's really cool yeah. yeah, you know, I uh, yeah, I've been working with taking taking elements that way uh, and writing songs, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. Well, and I think that uh, uh, you know, if I can say so myself, that's what makes coming and seeing us live probably one of the most exciting things about what we do is because when you get to uh, feel those sounds and mm-hmm. and um, and in Austin's amazing uh, guitar solos. You know, it really um, is what what carries Bay rides. It's really great uh, beyond the songs and everything. But I, I think that um, I personally enjoy the the fact that um, that those live performances to reproduce some of that stuff is what makes this this band and project so fun. Well, I can only echo as a uh, you know fan. I I feel the same way. I'm uh, and don't take this the wrong way, but you know, there's guys like in Radiohead or The Edge who are you know, very surgical about how they use every tone and every effect and they invent mm-hmm. new sounds. And I think in a way you kind of do that too, uh, in your own way, Austin. I would agree. You know, I'm trying to, it's hard to be, it's hard to be original <laughs> in this day right? and age. And I'm sure it's been hard to be original in all days and ages, but yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, there, there are sometimes you're just like, I, I gotta, I gotta find something different. There's only 12 notes, my man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. But uh, I think you guys, uh, you know, take a good crack at it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm encouraging people to check your your new, your new work out. And, and when we all can play live again, uh, I hope people come out you know, and check you out. we should talk about that. Last weekend, we were supposed to play live together. Yeah. Yes, that's true, right? What a bummer. Uh, but it's so looking forward everybody to that. Stay home and stay safe, you know. Well, uh, there will be there will be more dates, and I hope to get another one with you guys. I really look up to you guys as musicians, and I was excited to play with you. Anyway, hey, that that reminds me. Uh, what, where are you some of where are you some of your favorite places or favorite shows you've played? Uh, do you have any that come to mind? I mean, we talked about some old stuff from the past in your growing up, but it, currently, where where do you enjoy playing the most right now? Uh. Man, I love playing. Uh, I love playing eighty four and Oddity. You know, those are the two spots we hit the most, and they're different flavors. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, I just uh, you know, there's always the best people in those places, and I think people are a big part of what makes a show. Um, I also uh, I really love playing the Hot Jams. I think you guys have played one of those in the past as well. But uh, Melissa Forsyth puts them on, and they're usually fundraisers. Um, I we've been I haven't played them for years. Bayrides has played them twice. I've played them in other bands going way back. I think I've played everyone. Uh, 
and they're just always a great time with a great community for a good cause. Um, I think they're the one this year is of course in question as everything is at this point, but right. I highly recommend anybody to go, go check those out. Um, they're just a great time for anybody. There's nobody that would have a bad time at one of those shows because there's something. Absolutely. Crazy. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been, I've been in a lot of those, including the one that happened last, uh, what was that last summer? I think it was. And yeah. It yep. was great time and a lot of great bands and you're right. Melissa and, uh, Mike, Mike and everybody involved in that is just super. And uh, shout out to Pat, uh, Pat McCutcheon and uh, Matt Morissette who run the oh, absolutely. Oddity in 84 right. and, and give a great venue for people to play. I'm just saying without those guys, I mean, they're, 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 they're ba- a bastion for, for original music in this area. Thank God for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to give a shout out. There was a, um, I played a show with Chance in uh, LA. We did a tour in LA a few years ago. And uh, we played a So Far Sound show, which is a stripped-down show that's usually hosted by an individual. And we played at this uh, we played at this house in the Hollywood Hills, um, like just completely like wooden, modern-feeling place. Um, there was a there was a koi pond in the living room. Nice <laughs> with turtles in it. It was wild, and uh, allegedly the house where George Harrison died. And it was just oh. the coolest vibe. Wow, uh, that's a great yeah. story. Nice. So, so, cool. so that's yeah. Th- th- this is why I love doing this podcast. You know, everybody thinks you know in terms of there's this upper echelon of musicians who you know are household names, but all of them were local artists at one point. And to hear about some of these touring stories that uh, people in our area have done, I, I just don't think the general public has any appreciation for that. So I'm really glad you you told that story. Oh yeah. Yeah, I guess I should just give a quick shout out to to Chance. I love playing in that band. Um, you know, I may be biased, but I think we sound great, and I think it's just a great time for everybody. So uh, we don't play quite as often. We kind of play uh, usually a little bit, little bit bigger stages from time to time. But uh, mm-hmm. definitely check out. You know, Hayden does all the music writing for that band, and they're mm-hmm. well worth listening. They're on Spotify. What, what instrument did you play with Chance? I know the answer, but uh, can you tell the listeners what? Oh you- yeah. I play lead guitar, which is really cool. Um, I love being able to come at music from just a guitar standpoint and not have to worry, you mm-hmm. know, about everything else going on and not have to carry the songs. You know what I mean? I'm I'm playing lead, so I'm adding color. I'm adding, you know, it's a little bit more of a jam band. So Hayden and I go back and forth with solos, and um, it's really cool to be able to show up and do just focus on my on one thing, my guitar. Yeah, because you carry the whole load with the, being the frontman of Bayride, so uh, that, yeah, that's a whole, whole nother uh, planet of complexity to carry the vocals, the lead guitar, the rhythm guitar. You're pretty much carrying a lot, except for the bass and drums. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's why uh, K-Mac doesn't sing and only plays guitar. I like the same experience <laughs> you described. Uh, like Keller. We'll, we'll, we enjoy watching you play that guitar, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you're, <laughs> you're all too kind, but, uh, no, so, you rip. well, that's, that's very sweet of you to say. Let's, uh, let's talk about some more songs. Sure. Yeah. So animal is really, um, it's the song that the record was, was kind of born out of. Um, I had, I had just gotten this, you know, this count to five pedal and I was, learning about it and i played like i think it's three notes of a seventh chord i played um and you know i, I just hit a few switches on the count to five and the stars just aligned and i was i was like what 
is this? And at that point, I, I didn't even know what I had done or how the pedal was doing, was making the sound. Um, I, I found that out after the fact, but, uh, I just, I, I was like, there's really, there's something to this. So I took, I like took a picture of the pedal settings so that I could revisit it when I knew what the hell I was doing. Art. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it, uh, you know, I just, I started with that and I grabbed the synth and I was like, let's just see where this can go. And, uh, you know, I, I went through a bunch of iterations before I arrived at the, the finished product, but it really is about, well, it's about a lot of different things, but it's about building anxiety is what I, I would say. And it's almost like a conversation you have with a, you know, anxiety or depression or, you know, PTSD, whatever it is, you know, in your life. It doesn't even have to be like a mental problem, but it's just about talking to this big thing that feels like it's on top of you. And so it, it kind of just is little vignettes of almost this problem talking to me and me talking back to it. And uh, it's really got this melancholy dissonance um, that guided me writing it. You know what I mean? Just starting at that mm -hmm. loop. It felt like there was a whole song there before I'd added anything else. Yeah, and I think in these tough times, everybody's uh, got a little bit of anxiety and all those gamut of emotions that uh, this situation we're, we're currently navigating through, uh, most people can probably relate to that to some degree. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. I feel like the release timing has been pretty solid because I think you're right, you know. Um, but all of these songs were written before <laughs> any of this happened. This was yeah, um, but it is it is funny to think uh, you could think that I that all of this was born out of out of the COVID nineteen quarantine, um, but not quite. Right. Uh, and then uh, after I animal, feeling, I was oh, going to say ahead. sorry. I was just going to say uh, I have a feeling a lot of those summer hits are written in winter. So, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, uh, reframe is just kind of a transitional sketch and it's, uh, it's an instrumental loop. It's a, it's again, I just, I captured a moment that I just felt like needed to be, to be displayed because it just felt genuine, you know, it felt real and it, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've had, I've had, I've shown this song to people and I've had people ask me, you know, what, what is that? Like, what are you doing? It's, it's the same count to five loop. Um, I just, I recorded it once on the right side and I went back to the left side and I, uh, the count to five has just, you just kept playing the whole time. So I didn't sync it. I just hit it again and I didn't time adjust it. I didn't do anything. And it, uh, I think it sounds quite intricate, but it's totally random. <laughs> there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. So it's almost just, like uh, a random count to five loop played in different in different times, you know. So, so is there almost like a randomized uh, factor to this pedal? This I have to dig in. I, you you've scooped me again. I, I have to check this pedal out. But uh, yeah, so um, the really random and unique part about it is that it's playing the same sample at three different speeds and in three different um, three different notes. So pitches, really. okay. Uh, they they line up differently every time. You know, you have one that's going do, 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 do. The other one's going do, 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 do. The other one's going do, 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 do. And gotcha. they're all playing at the same time. They're not synced at all. You okay. know, they're just tumbling over each other the whole time. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds like it's, it's, you get some experiments that really come out cool and then you probably have to, you know, 
hit the eraser once in a while and uh, start oh, again. Oh, yeah, sure. I've come out with some stuff that's just like noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is why some of the best bands use backing tracks, I guess. Is that uh, when they play live? Is that? <laughs> well, the sa- you just can't even recreate some of it unless you just want to go with it, you know? Yeah, unless well, you got a guy with a like sample. Samples. Yeah, sampling, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're right. I think it's the same idea as like you want to be faithful to the rec- recording and uh, be able to represent it. But it's like some of those things are just happy accidents that you have to take a piece and say, yes, I did it, but I have to hit re- hit play and it's going to play. <laughs> yeah. You right. get to hear it again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess that brings us to the last song, which is uh, Breaking Faith. And, uh, you know, I really... I had Animal and Reframe near the end, and it just felt like such a, like a big dark ending almost, you know. And I kind of thought, like, you know, I had this this song Breaking Faith I'd written a while ago that is a little more upbeat, you know, follows more of a major major seventh kind of kind of deal, um, but lyrically really really fits the same area, you know, and it's uh, it's really the same but different and i thought i like albums that end on like a different note you know and i uh i think of albums like uh my chemical romance's danger days you know at the end of that record you just hit this this just rock song out of nowhere like the album almost feels like it ends and then it's like this afterlife of a big of a big rock song and Mm -hmm. so i felt like well why don't i just almost have this afterlife to annika but instead it's it's more of a shoegaze song really i just really big i i use this uh I have one of those 90s blackface uh, Russian Big Muff pedals. Mm-hmm. And I split the signal to two different amps, and I just cranked everything way up. And I put, like, Tremblo on one or something, and I just, like, just ripped through it. Um, and just almost as an experiment, then all of a sudden it, it turned into this song, and it just really felt like a almost a, a high note to end the album on, you know what I mean? Something a little more surface level. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think some of the best uh, recordings or albums or whatever you want to call them I've been through definitely have that. They take you through a journey and, uh, you know, having contrast and a couple high, high, high energy numbers and a few downers or whatever, or it's part of the trip, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well thanks for taking us through uh, through all those tracks there. I'm, I'm going to, again, I'm excited to listen to it, knowing a little bit more about the record uh, than I did. And uh checking all that stuff out and i'm definitely going to look at the uh the pedal check that out oh yeah 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 definitely look it up you know uh there's mm-hmm. a bunch of these kind of tape looper yeah pedals that are out right now and uh i, I just think they're really fascinating writing tools yep and, and don't forget fuzzy fingers and the. Uh... What was that band? <laughs> <laughs> Frankie and the Witch Fingers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm fortunate to have recorded this whole thing, so I can just go back and look it up. But yeah, indeed, right. I'll check them out as well. Hey, but look, <laughs> uh, one way I like to kind of uh, bring the interview to a close is to say, you know, it's it's really cool to get behind where you came from as an artist, uh, what influenced you coming up, and then what work we're talking about today and what's kind of behind the process that, that made that. Um, if you could make a phone call to anybody alive or dead in, in the world of entertainment or anywhere for advice, um, what artists would you contact uh, to help either you get better as a 
your craft or further your career or anything that you'd like to accomplish to grow? Hmm. You know, uh, it would probably be Paul McCartney. Um, and it would probably be Paul McCartney because I feel like he has a unique talent of taking little complexities and, and bringing all these different elements together to make this really fun, digestible, interesting music, you mm-hmm. know, and obviously not all Paul McCartney's music is fun, but, um, I just think that he has this real talent, you know, for knowing, um, exactly when enough is enough, you know? Right. right. So he not only knows, uh, how to put together a cool song, but when, uh, when it's time to put down the paintbrush, so to speak, and say it's done. Oh, exactly. God. Exactly. What a great I feel realization like he goes there. just far enough. It's so easy to go overboard and it's so easy to go too simple. And I it's feel so like easy it's, to yeah. never know when to quit tweaking that song. Uh, we've all been guilty of it. We mm-hmm. just keep on going back to those tracks and thinking we can do something different. And sometimes just the, the idea of just saying, this is what this is, you know? Um, and, and I'm going to abuse your question a little bit myself. Because if there's anybody that is not with us now and I wanted to talk to and I wanted to uh, uh, ask, act like I was asking for his uh, uh, opinion, it would be Lane Staley uh, from Allison Chains. Because I think to this day, he still has one of the most amazing uh, vocal uh, abilities um, and just the opportunity to, to maybe talk with him and maybe even try to flip the script and talk some sense into him, mm-hmm. which I know I can't do uh, with a guy who, who uh, had his struggles the way that he did. But if, um, if anybody uh, has, you know, uh, not experienced what an incredible vocalist Lane Staley is and just the opportunity to listen to him and add a chance to talk to him because a lot of people think of him as a very, uh, you know, when they think about the, the, the trials of heroin, they think about, well, you know, the worst things about a person. And if you really research who this guy was, he was absolutely an amazing upbeat character who was just caught up in just a terrible, terrible uh, thing that heroin is. But that guy, I would love to have the opportunity to talk with him mm-hmm. just for a moment. Uh, and I'm sure I could gain plenty of wisdom, uh, from him because, uh, what he struggled through, but what a, a great opportunity to talk to somebody that we, that the music, uh, scene, uh, just missed out on an absolute, uh, wonderful human being and, and amazing vocalist. Yeah, I have to say uh, the way he and Jerry Cantrell blended their their harmonies and vocals together, as well as his work without Jerry singing, it was uh, very very one of a kind and striking, haunting almost. And it, absolutely, and if we could add another twenty years to those uh, to that opportunity, it would have been amazing. Indeed, yeah, for sure. So, uh, two very good answers there. Uh, a question I like to finish up with is, is there anything I didn't ask you that you'd like to talk about or you wish we'd covered in this, uh, this podcast? Um, I guess I would just, uh, I would just talk a little bit how, about how I'm, uh, I'm really excited to go 
take what I learned making Annika to the next project Justin and I are, are working on together. And also, you know, um, a quick, uh, just a, a quick shout out to keep an eye out for, you know, we're, uh, we're, it's going to take some of the, some of the almost psychedelic and some of the, you know, odd timing elements I explored in Annika to more of a rock band setting. And I'm really excited to see how that turns out and, uh, to share it with people. You know, I can't wait till uh, Justin and I can get back together. I miss him. Looking forward to it. You know, um, I mean, main thing is, is, you know, support your your local musicians. If you're here in our market, great. You know, I mean, if you can get out there, you're you're going to go to these locations that isn't going to be where everybody's hanging out, listening to Bon Jovi and and Journey. Uh, guess what? You've heard it a million times. Go check out some of these amazing talents that we have here um, locally, whether it's, at, you know, currently, obviously, Oddity and 84 and Homegrown and uh, Argilas or, you know, in, in, in the northern Delaware area are showing some of this. But if you're in your local town, try to figure out where some of these local musicians are, because these folks are, are doing it not for the money or the fame they're doing it for the love of the music and go go check that out because you're going to find a whole nother level under of understanding of why we enjoy doing what we do even if we're not going to be in front of thousands of people or maybe you know i mean you know there's enough talent for some of these folks to to go somewhere people will uh, find them and appreciate them but it's such a loving family of people who are all in it for the right thing. And that's for the music. Well, well said. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, you know, Justin, that, that's such a great point. And, you know, I think, um, I think, you know, you, you might want to say the Del Marva area, not just, you know, Delaware, but um, we live in a, a really lucky, a lucky spot. You know, there's this just an overflow of incredible artists making music and sharing it here. I feel really lucky to be in a place in a place where that's happening you know absolutely very true and i feel the same way couldn't have said it better myself um and just so people can check you out until we can get out live again do you want to talk a little bit about where people can find your music and get to know a little bit more about bay rides and chance and other projects you're involved in? yeah yeah absolutely so uh you know Bay Rides, uh, the main place you can find everything about us is on our website, you know, and that's bayridesmusic.com. Uh, it's B-A-Y-R-I-D-E-S music.com. Um, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we do, you know, updates on each of those platforms from time to time. Uh, and, of course, you can stream us as far as listening on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, Amazon, I could go on. It's, All the major uh, If you have a streaming service, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you can uh, you can stream us, and uh, you know, I hope uh, hope somebody takes the time to just give a listen and see if uh, see if it strikes them. Indeed, I uh, I I would echo that as well. Hope, hope people check that out. Any other closing thoughts before we uh, kind of wind up the podcast? Can't wait to get out and see you again, brother, and, and, and hopefully either see you play or play alongside you guys. Um, or just or, check somebody um, else out know, and have a beer. That'd be fun, too. That'd be great. That'd be great. Indeed. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to thank you again, man, for setting this up. And, uh, 
giving a place for local musicians to talk about the process. You know, I've been able to listen to uh, some of the stuff you've done, and it's it's just really cool and it's really neat to hear how people are doing it on a local on a local level. You know, it's a uh, it's really awesome thing you're doing. I, I I appreciate it and I appreciate being a part of it. Well, I'll just say. I'll just say thank you to you both. And uh, again, thank you both for joining me on the podcast and uh, offering your uh, your interesting and very unique uh, view on how, how things work. And uh, look forward to, again, catching up with you very shortly. So uh, until then, this is K-Mac signing off. Uh, Musicology. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. That was The Marvelous Bay Rides, Austin Morgan and Justin O'Connell. You can find them on Facebook and Bandcamp and a number of other Spotify, iTunes, all over the interwebs. Thanks for tuning in. You can catch us on Spotify and also anchorfm.com. Thanks again for listening and tune in next time. Feel free to spread the podcast to others. Everybody stay well. K-Mac out.